0: Hello fellow Lucky Martians! Welcome to episode number 7 of the Deep Dive Autobiography, I'm a Particularly Lucky Martian, by Jay Crandall. Edited by Kim Lambelay and Chris Crandall. If you're like me and you love word games, you'll love Don't End a Word. Based on a deceptively simple two-player word game I played in the car with my parents growing up, it is now available. Summers were spent at my parents' house in Hayes, Virginia. I worked as a telemarketer for MCI the first year, an actual telemarketer here in America. I can say with half sheepishness and half pride that I didn't make a single sale the entire time I worked there. The next year, I tried my hand at working at a local pizza place, Sal's. I wasn't too great at that either, and watched the number of hours I was assigned per week start to dwindle until I was eventually let go. I hereby confess to not returning the t-shirt we had there. And then converting into a yoga pillow. Another year, I worked at a local movie theater, and it was great, despite paying absolute minimum wage. The job was incredibly easy, and my coworkers were a lot of fun to hang out with. I was lucky to find a major I was enthusiastic about, and was even elected president of the VCU Undergraduate Advertising Club for the upcoming year, although unfortunately, I would be unable to serve. I really enjoyed my work with advertising, which played to my strengths in both creativity and graphic design. And it was pretty intensive stuff. You didn't just sit there in front of a blank sheet of paper waiting for something inspiring to come out. Each student would go through a process of developing probably 50 draft ideas, turning the 25 best into draft concepts, and then developing the best into final ads. And I still found space in my notebooks for graffiti and doodles. While somewhat of a hermit, I frequently visited my friends at UVA and UMBC. I can't remember who exactly I was with, but after a night of drinking at a friend's dorm, we decided to go run around in a nearby graveyard that was on our path back to his room where we were staying. I thought it would be a great idea to try to hop over one of the tombstones there. The tombstone was a bit taller than I had estimated, and I ended up painfully slamming my groin into the top post of it, with a small amount of horror. I felt blood. Luckily, there wasn't any internal pain or noticeable internal damage, and I was able to find someone sober enough to take me to a hospital. There, an attractive doctor not much older than me stitched me up. I remember that I was quite talkative, and even thought I had managed to be charming. I went with some of my friends at UMBC to a New Year's Eve concert put on by the Flaming Lips in New York. Unfortunately, I had to deal with personal hygiene quite literally from my head to my toes, having to deal with unfortunately smelly fungus in both my feet and my scalp. My poor hygiene actually helped me out socially in one instance, when I found myself in desperate need of a haircut. I can't remember how it came up, but I was talking with a girl and asked if she knew anybody who could give me a trim. She introduced herself as Emma, and it turned out that she gave haircuts and the haircut was arranged. It looked great, and I was invited to a Super Bowl party thrown by one of her friends. One of her friends, Caitlin, was also in the advertising program and invited me to her birthday party. I went sporting an Aragal cashmere sweater, green khakis, and a white belt, and came to become good friends with them, whom I dubbed the haircut posse. A professor gave us the option of creating a TV ad as our final project, and I decided to give it a go. I recruited Allison, one of the haircut posse, to help me film my ad, and she kindly agreed. I asked her to wear something secretarial, and we met at one of the offices on campus. As for my attire, I was dressed in all black, with a black necktube scarf and a black hat, completing the look. The ad was going to be for myself, in my resume, and I would talk up my various advertising-related skills. The building I had decided to use was still unlocked when we tried to do our filming after hours, and soon we found a cubicle to film in. The camera did not record sound, so I instructed her to act somewhat weirded out by the ninja lying on the partition in front of her, and pretended to look like she was talking for a bit. On her first take, with the camera rolling and me lying in place atop the office partition, gestulating and pretending to talk, a man who worked there walked by us. Thankfully, he did not inquire as to what was going on, and he was incorporated into the final product. You've been listening to Episode 7 of Jay Crandall's Deep Dive Autobiography, I Am a Particularly Lucky Martian. A while ago, I decided to turn a collection of t-shirt design ideas, which innocently and covertly depict vulgar phrases, into t-shirts. Things like a man with a giant wooden golf club, a deer with a massive rack of horns, etc. To get one and snicker about it in the lunchroom, visit tinyurl.com slash vulgar check out tinyurl.com slash hidden animal sentences to see a list of hidden animal sentences i made when my mom in elementary school illustrated with the animal from that sentence hidden in the picture by dubbing in the soundtrack by square pusher and adding sound effects as well as the voices as my camera had no microphone i think we pulled it off i recently found the script I composed for it in my Google document archive, still in the blue font color I used, as I had run out of black ink. I also scripted out a commercial for Switch. This commercial would be perfect for YouTube. I also now realize in hindsight that I accepted the romantic solitation of a male classmate of mine. I wasn't used to this making friends thing, and when he asked for my number and proposed getting together, I just assumed it was just part of it. But in hindsight, I realized it especially after reflecting on her very awkward nighttime meetup. I also discovered that Amanda had enrolled at VCU. I got in touch with her and convinced her to meet up for lunch. It was great to see her again, and I was very hopeful that I could rekindle something with her. We went to a few concerts at a local venue called the Nancy Ray Gun, and we ran around the city in a rainstorm. That still makes me smile when I think about it. The second summer, I decided to remain in Richmond, and rent a house with Fernando and Pembe, his pet ferret, and attempt to find a job-slash-internship in the field. Pembe got dirty digging around out back, and needed a bath, much to his displeasure. For the most part, I just sat around the apartment, made more electronic music, and played Magic the Gathering with Fernando. You can listen to my first and only album at tinyurl.com slash doubleplusselfassembly. I continued to be reclusive, not really getting out much, or doing much to find a summer job. Although I did design the logo for the UVA Car Club. You can see it at tinyurl.com slash UVA Car Club logo. That being said, I did shop my resume, a portfolio, an externship application, whatever that is, an ad for my services that I'd created with Angia of the haircut posse, hire a ninja, and an absolute vodka ad I made doing cover overlay with the YNAMP AVS on a picture I made and filming it with my camera. I was also mucking around with strobe lights and incense and found the chaotic turbulent flow to be really cool. That part wasn't likely to lead to a job, and neither were Fernando and my walks through Belle Isle. Nevertheless, I had an interview scheduled for mid-July, although in all honesty, I may have been destined to enter military service as my mother would later discover that every single male she was descended from was associated with the military. I was walking down Gray Street in Richmond's Fan with Fernando and another friend after a party on the night of July 4th, 2006. The sidewalk was crowded with people celebrating the holiday. The air filled with the smell of fireworks and the sound of firecrackers. I suddenly stumbled and fell hard just a few feet from the front door of my apartment. I was unresponsive. My friends initially assumed I fell as a result of overindulgence at the party we were returning from. The sound of fireworks masked what would soon be discovered to have caused me to fall. Fernando called 911 after I couldn't be revived, and I was taken by ambulance to the VCU Medical Center Hospital. In the hospital, a brain scan would reveal a bullet lodged in the left parietal lobe of my brain. You've been listening to episode number seven of Jay Crandall's deep dive autobiography. I am a particularly lucky Martian to see the Google docs version of this with the extra bits that didn't quite work in podcast form. Visit bitly.com slash lucky Martian seven and check out. Don't end a word in the Android app store. If you're like me and you love word games, thanks to shining seconds for composing the theme music. You can access their webpage at shiningseconds.bandcamp.com. See you next episode and stay lucky.